Hello. Hey, party people. So what's up? Stuff? How about you? Stuff? Just got back from the left coast. Spent a whole... Well, it was scheduled to be 36 hours there, but uh, Delta gave me $700 to not go on my flight uh, Thursday night instead of take a Friday morning one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided to, to take that offer. And then it was like... I had a shitty middle seat anyway on a red eye to Atlanta, you know, from San Jose to Atlanta. So at a certain point, it was like it wasn't clear if there were, like, they had everyone on board. There were two volunteers, me and one other person who volunteered to get pushed, and two people who wanted seats. But they were showing four empty seats on the airplane, like on the Uh check-in because there was missed scans or something. Um so they sent a guy, one of the gate attendants went down the ramp and with a walkie-talkie and the guy <laughs> didn't speak great English um, or he, maybe he couldn't hear with the walkie-talkie in the airplane. I don't know, one or the other. But she's like asking about these seats and like, they're open, they're not open, they're open, they're not open. And it's like, at this point, I don't want to be on this flight. <laughs> you know, I, At this point, I would much prefer getting the uh, the voucher. And uh turns out that they needed the two seats the two volunteers gave up. Actually, they needed three seats. They had to pull one pull one other person off the plane, I think. And, uh, yes, they put me up in the courtyard near, near the hotel. I was only there for like four and a half hours right. or four hours. But, you know, free hotel, $700 voucher to use within a year. So. Very nice. I might be flying... Um, Comfort class up to not not first class but comfort class to Denver. <laughs> um, I just went to my very first Kennywood Fright Night. Okay, last night so that was uh, fun. It's a fun atmosphere. Uh, Do the rides? They're running the rides. Too? Yeah, they run okay. the rides, right. and you know they have some. You have actors walking around and doing like <clears throat> weird things, and the, okay. the lights are all lit up. And uh, and then there are two haunted houses, and uh, the first one was really lame. The second one was a lot darker, but <laughs> so there were you know some some girls with us, and and me and my friend Jonathan were were in the front, and they're like, "You guys got to go in front." And so I I conspired with Jonathan. You know what? Let's go through this because we knew it was going to be very dark and there's going to be people jumping out of us. But as we're doing this, we're going to sing out loud Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Just go through just the entire haunted house thing. <laughs> and it, it was amazing because we did that and the people would like jump out at us. And first of all, it, it's hard to. I don't like haunted houses that much because it's not about being scary, it's more about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh shock you know mm-hmm. and, and so you don't if you're in the if you're jovially running around singing somebody jumps out at you you don't get that sense of shock <laughs> and then they're like all right i'll dance along <laughs> so, you're, so you're just walking around and you see these things jump out of you and you're going do 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 i want something else it was perfect we had so much fun I want to do that to like every haunted house now you need to learn all the words yeah yeah. 
So this beer is pretty good. I'm really happy. Yeah, this is the non-infected I, version of I our tasted beer. it the night that I put it on tap, and I thought it was good, but it, there was a fair amount of diacetyl in it. But I thought it worked. It wasn't ruining the beer. You know, and I, I thought, you know, it'd be nice if it wasn't there, but it kind of gives it a neat little thing. But I think it's all but gone tonight. I'm not tasting too much of the diacetyl. It's not nearly as strong as it was a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm psyched. I can actually make good beer still. There's a nice bitterness to it. It is a, has a nice. You, you get know, the wet hop, hop flavor. flavor. Yeah, we. This is that Harvest Ale that we Greg and I made um, off the cuff with only stuff that we had in the pantry, and I had no crystal malt, so I used a teeny little bit of chocolate. And it actually added a lot more color to the beer and yeah. flavor to the beer. There's some chocolatey flavor in there. So I dare say we made a black IPA. I think that's what <clears> we did. So, yeah, so Fright Night was, was fun. Uh, in in the line for, like, the, I think we the first thing we did was the racer, <laughs> and I pulled out, because it was waiting in line, so I pulled out my deck of cards, mm-hmm. and I was doing, like, a, it's amazing how really easy tricks just totally fool somebody. Like mm-hmm. my tricks were basically I did, I did one trick that was um, just a double lift mm-hmm. trick, and it, it, the the important thing about the tricks is always presentation because mm-hmm. by the time the trick the, the trick the maneuvers of a trick were over less than halfway through my whole presentation of it. I already put her card into her hand and had her, you know, put her hands over it. That was, you know, the trick was done at that point. Mm-hmm. Then it was just me going, well, blah, 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 blah. And I would do like this. I would uh, say, you know what? I need a magic wand, so I'm going <laughs> to pop this. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Greg has, uh, it's a piece of cellophane or uh, mylar, I guess. Yeah. And it, when you let it go, it rolls into something about a 14-inch long magic wand where it's chromed on each end and black in the center. Yeah. And then I, you just roll it this way? Yeah, or? you roll it up that way. Yeah, exactly. So then when you roll it at 90 degrees from where the slit is, because when you open, if you read the thing flat, it's about 14 inches by an inch. Mm-hmm. Maybe an inch and, inch and a half, maybe. So you roll it the length of it. So now you just have this little pellet, right, that's about an inch and a half long and quarter inch in diameter and yeah you just kind of you can have it extend in your hand if you do it right you just you throw it up in the air and that's when it just pops open and then you just mm-hmm. uh, wand out of nothing and, you know if, if if they don't feel it it looks like wow you have an actual solid right. thing but if you know you feel it's just the the it sounds like mylar so you gotta try to yeah keep them not focusing on the sound either, right 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 but um yeah, I wasn't too worried about them, you know, mm-hmm. getting that. Hey, it's a trick thing. I mean, that's not. But but the trick was already done. So like, how did you do that? And then next one I did. Then like, do the trick again. But I'm not gonna do the same trick again. So I just did a card force, uh, and then you know I had to put the card back in the deck, and then just put it back in the box, and then I was gonna read their mind and figure out what the card was. But you know, it was a card force. Mm-hmm. I already had force in the card. Right. So. right. Uh, and then the last one I did to some friends of mine, and. It was a, a slightly more involved trick, but really it was just about card control and then palming. And then mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I said, I can't find your card in this deck. You, can you find it? And he handed the deck over. And then he said, oh, I can't find it. And I looked over, just somebody, and I had a card in my hand. Just, oh, look at that. It's in this person's shoulder. And then 
the, one of the guys was like, how'd you do that? How did you get the card in that person's shoulder? And I was just like, uh, magic. <laughs> it, it's just funny to me that I would just palm me a card. It was nothing. <laughs> but that's, I mean, those are classic tricks. They yeah. work because of the psychology, mm-hmm. right? The misdirection is patented. It it works, right? It's not like they're a rube for falling for it. It's no, human, no, it's, human psychology. It, so. it, it's very, yeah, it's very psychology. It, it, it's funny when you do very, very simple, easy tricks uh, that they work astonishingly well. Speaking of a simple, easy trick, what about cold fusion? Oh. <laughs> you see all that all that's been in yeah. the news lately. Well, so there, there, well, there's two fusion things in the news. One of them is cold fusion, mm-hmm. and one, and it's obviously a scam if you read up on anything, because uh, they had the guy, basically, the, the guy who made the device wouldn't let them look at the device, and he would he would supply all the reactants and stuff like that, and then the kilometer wasn't configured correctly, and, and it's nonsense. It's a, it's a a known huckster doing mm-hmm. more huckstery things. The other thing is Lockheed Martin says they have a revolution in right, right. in fusion technology. Uh, and uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. So I, you know, for the Lockheed Martin one, it's like at equivalent to the point of just coming out of stealth. And now it says they're looking for academia and... You know, is, you know, to kind of kind of do the research now that they had the the breakthrough and right. probably all the patents, right? You know, got all the right. patents secured. If it's yeah, I mean, that's that's the point of being skeptical, right? I mean, there's no evidence of fusion of controlled fusion reaction. Mm-hmm. It, 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 from you, you from can, what I've read about it, people just say it looks like a tokamak. Okay, looks like a, a less <clears throat> a, a less stable tokamak. Which is, you know, an already known type of fusion reaction, a fusion reactor, mm-hmm. but it uh, it does not get does not put out more energy than right. it's in. So it's got to be a breakthrough someday. Maybe not for cold fusion, but for fusion fusion. For for hot fusion, you know, it's it's within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, it's not just within the realm. I mean, we know it can work. It's just we haven't figured out how to stabilize things to the point where we can keep reactions going and keep uh, the plasma at the right places without it breaking. So I was reading up a little bit on the cold fusion thing. There was a story, it was on Slashdot today about how cold fusion can't work, right? Um, But, you know, there's a there's a like there's a theoretical possibility where if you can take the the proton or the hydrogen was it the deuterium? No, take the hydrogen and replace the electron with a muon. The thing is, muons are highly unstable. That's, hydrogen, this, right. this is why it's really hard to do because it the the life the stability lifetime of a muon is super Ooh, tiny, eighteen microseconds, I believe, something like that. But if you can get those two of those together, they were describing it's a quantum effect, and the waveforms overlap, and they can fuse together. Because of because of that somehow, I I think I've read something about <clears throat> some experimentation with muonic hydrogen, um, because yeah, what happened with the muon is muon's heavier; it, it's going to be orbiting orbiting quote unquote. It, it, the shell is going to be closer to right, the proton, right. and uh, then you have more of a chance for um, 
for tunneling effects to yeah, occur. Right. That's... But then you could conceivably create a neutron out of that if they were to combine in the right way. That would then release energy. But it wouldn't just be. Was it the was it the muons? Or was there? I guess it was the muons. I, I, you're probably right. I misunderstood what they were trying to say, and I thought that the 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 nucleuses were fusing because of this well, thing. But I mean, what you'd have to you'd have to do <clears> is <throat> have the uh, muon, which is basically like said, a heavier electron that doesn't last as long, um, fusing with a proton. We already know this is possible. This can you you can oh, create yeah. neutrons this way, but you have to do it in very you know, energetic environments um, that typically means extraordinarily hot. Uh, but this is uh, this is mediated by the weak interaction, and that you can create neutrons by you know combining the charges of a proton electron, so charge is conserved. Mm-hmm. But then the energy, uh, because the the neutron is, I believe, slightly less massive than the proton, uh, and of course. The electron, which has very little mass, but it still has to go somewhere. Right. Goes off into, you know, other, I think, gamma rays and I think some uh, neutrinos. I okay. believe that's what happens. I have to look it up to do the Feynman <laughs> diagram, that sort of thing. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, that's possible. It's something that is. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, it, it's something that. that but, I mean, that, but the, the muonic reaction, that that's a. Because of the quantum tunneling, that is a a low energy nuclear reaction, right? That's a that's a lower, sure, yeah. lower. But it, it's it's cold fusion. It's you know if you can right, you need to, to be fifteen million degrees. Mm. Okay, I mean you probably know. I, I thought they were talking about that could happen in the thousands of degrees, but I don't know. Well, I mean hot fusion. The stuff that we're talking about in terms of like tokamaks, stuff like that. You're it's talking, millions of degrees. Yeah, millions of degrees, Kelvin. Right. Where the this this muonic hydrogen can be in thousands of degrees. Right. Yeah. But I guess the the probability because of the timing is yeah. You have so to be, you, have to, you have to have some way of creating muons, which is not <clears throat> terribly difficult. I mean, we know how to do that, but yeah, they don't last very long. Uh, and then you have to create muonic hydrogen, so you have to bind the move on to the protons uh, and then have them go through the interaction to create, to, to do the uh, fusion reaction, which would only be a small percentage of that happening anyway, yeah, and then sustain that. Yeah, this is the story. Um, well, uh, If we go back to the sun where nuclear fusion definitely occurs, it isn't like the temperature there are sufficient to cause individual nuclei to overcome their mutual electric repulsion and fuse together. That's correct. Instead, something else remarkable happens. The two nuclei that are about to fuse, their waveforms overlap and they quantum mechanically tunnel into a more stable fused state. This actually does happen at low temperatures to it, hydrogen no, it, it, under it, the right conditions. It, But at the sun, it's just... it's. It's not low temperatures in the sun. It's, it's that the sun isn't technically hot enough mm-hmm. to fuse these, but because of tunneling effects, right. it isn't. It is not enough classically for it to work. But the universe is not classical. The universe is quantum. Right. Right. So it actually does happen at low temperatures to hydrogen under the right conditions. If you replace the electron 
normally in the atom with a muon because the muon is like an electron but 207 times heavier. A muonic hydrogen atom is orders of magnitude smaller than a normal hydrogen atom. Put a few of them together and the waveforms will overlap. Will is emphasized. Uh, enough to spontaneously fuse. Unfortunately, muons are themselves high-energy, unstable particles with a mean lifetime of 2.2 microseconds. The combination of the energy barrier and the normal matter, the Coulomb barrier of individual nuclei, and the negligibility... Negligibility... Why can't I say that? Negligibility... Damn it! I keep, yes, I keep putting the B in the wrong place. Low profitability of quantum tunneling at all but the shortest distance. Oh, I'm sorry. Probability of quantum tunneling at all but the shortest distances, and the fact that the physics of nuclear reactions are so incredibly well understood and verified, all tells us that low energy cold fusion should be impossible. All good science is repeatable. Set up an experiment. Tell me how you did it. Report your results with the and with the proper equipment. I should be able to set up a similar experiment. Yes. And he says, you know, all I need to see is one repeatable experiment, and I will believe in cold fusion. I'd like to see more. I mean, well, yeah, I guess one repeatable experiment, in, yes. but not one repeat of an experiment, but one right. constantly repeatable experiment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. You know, I think most of our listeners, we've talked enough about skeptics and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Well, lost my train of thought. You know, being a skeptic that um Oh, he just oh. bit a coin in half. Mm. Mm. Oh! Yeah, see. <laughs> nice. I uh I I saw how I saw how you um Okay. So he has a quarter here. Is a gimmick quarter. Gimmick quarter. There's you need you need to it. okay. You need to work a little bit better on your bite. I can see like you put it like you didn't put it like close enough to your mouth. Right? Mm-hmm. I can see you really put it down here. Yeah. Um, I just got it. So. Yeah. It's a real quarter, huh? That they cut with a bandsaw. Yeah. And then they cut a little it's notch little... in it around right. the ridges. So there's a little notch which has a rubber band in it, and then they cut the side of it in like a little wavy thing so it looks kind of like it, more or less like it was bitten defacing buying defaced government property <laughs> I don't know is that what a real quarter looks like inside I don't know yeah it's a real quarter yeah let me see that it's again I'm pretty sure it's a real quarter it feels like a real quarter actually it feels a little bit lighter but it's too realistic not to be the real thing. They'd get in trouble for counterfeiting if mm. they minted something true, that looked true. this real. But I mean, you could theoretically still use this as tender. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not counterfeiting because yeah. they use the real thing. So, <sighs> magic, magic. How much did the uh, the fake quarter cost? The <laughs> fake quarter cost, I want to say, four bucks. Okay. The uh, wands, I got two of them. They each cost, I think, three bucks. Mm-hmm. Turning into Mr. Magic. Well, I mean, it, it, I was buying some things uh-huh. for uh, for costumes and stuff like that. And I saw, and one of the things was like, oh, a magic thing. I was like, look, oh, that, that's pretty cheap. I'll take a look at that. And saw some of the little tricks there. And some of them were more interesting than others. And these were like, oh, 
yeah, three bucks for something like that. Why not? It's fun. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went to a really, I went to a couple, so went to San Jose, set up a data center, um, or a rack in the data center. Only there for a day and a half was the plan. And uh, the first night I didn't get done until about 9.30 Pacific time, right? So 12.30 body time mm-hmm. when I had woken up at 4 in the morning to get to my flight. So I didn't even, I didn't go out, didn't even get dinner, right? I was just like, I'm going to go to bed. Even though I know I'm going to wake up at 4 in the morning, I'm still just going to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'll probably just end up regretting trying to go out. And then on Thursday... Things didn't go awesome on Wednesday. They went well enough, but not awesome. I didn't get my network turn-up call successful. So Thursday morning, I'm stressing, like, is it going to work when we reschedule? Can I get it rescheduled? Because normally they're pretty tight and they wasn't going to get it rescheduled. If I do get it rescheduled, it doesn't work. You know, this is the network connectivity, so mm-hmm. I can't really do that remotely. I can't work on this gear until I have network connectivity. Um so I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this flight? I got the flight on Priceline, so it wasn't really refundable. You know, I, I could have called Delta and maybe got a change or paid a penalty or got a little bit of credit or something. But, you know, basically it's, a, it's your flight. You took the cheapest thing you could get. You had to fly it, right? And uh, But luckily, got the network up about 1.30 on Thursday. My flight was scheduled for 10.58. On Thursday, so I went to down to down San Jose and drank beer for about six hours. <laughs> we, um, yeah, my company, all the travel goes through. We have a travel department, and there's things like Concur mm-hmm. and TripIt and stuff like that. So <clears throat> that's all handled. Yeah, we don't have a, an agent. Yeah, it's kind of just book the book what you can, book the cheapest thing you can. For, you know, it was my my instructions. So Priceline worked out well. I. Um, we now have an Uber account too, a, a corporate Uber account. Oh, so gotta try that at some point. Interesting. So I went to two places in San Jose. I went to a place called the Original Gravity um, Tap Room or Alehouse. I forget, but Original Gravity is the name. They had some good beers on. That's when I tweeted the the picture of the draft board, and they actually had some more in the back. They had like Els or yeah, El Smith Old Ale in the back. I didn't know they had more taps in the back. I was like, damn. But I left. I saw that when I was leaving. I left there. And then I went to this other place, uh, Good Karma Vegan Cafe. And um, this is the place. This is the place to go. Um, it's it's the pub as opposed to the the bar, right? It, everyone's friendly. I chatted up. I talked to two brewery representatives, made you know friends with the owner and, and the one bartender. Um, they gave me a, a few drinks free. I mean, I still, you know, I, I was, I was going to say pretty good deal, but that probably made it infer that I didn't pay for anything. No, they gave me just a few drinks free, um, but uh, really good draft selection. They didn't have too many. They didn't have anything sour on draft. I was a day early for that because, like, yesterday they were having like this big tap takeover of like <laughs> all rare beers. Like, dude, you came a day too early. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you're ever in the San Jose area, Good Karma Vegan Cafe is the place to go. You'll make friends. You'll have a great time. You'll influence people. <laughs> yeah, so I um, it must have been brewery day there because I uh, talked with a guy from Sudvark. Sudvark. Yes, and um, 
another brewery there, not one that we've had before. Um, which was what was the name of that one? Don't know. I don't have my phone on me. Grr. Do you do you have any recommendations for because next week and the week after next rather I will be in uh, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Um, that's where the Stone Brewery is going to be built. Okay, but I don't think it's done yet. No, they just I announced so it last either. week. <laughs> yeah, they built Stone's building their new brewery in Richmond. Um, and then I uh, wish you know it would have been nice to know that before their Kickstarter ended or their Indiegogo because at Richmond, Virginia, you know it's more likely we get there to pick up the bottles, right? Yeah. Because of those Wilco bottles, I probably would have bought some of the, um, you know, collaboration beers for to do on the show. But if it was going to be like all the way in South Carolina. Which is what, like, with the rumors where it was going to be in I'm South Carolina. I'm still flying to Richmond. It's, I mean, uh, it's it's yeah. still like a five and a half hour drive. It's not. Yeah, but it's a lot closer than you know an eighteen hour drive, mm-hmm. you know, or fifteen hour drive to South Carolina. Right. So, I, uh, yeah, if I had known, you know, if it was going to be in Richmond, um, I probably would have ordered some of the collaboration beers for their fundraiser. But anyway, I don't know too much about the area. Ask Jamie Barlow. Um, he'll be able to. Yeah tell you what to do the other uh, thing is that in the beginning of december i'm going to be in tucson so i don't think we've had any arizona beers no we have had a couple yeah um well no that's new mexico i'm confusing things aren't i um i, I know i know a guy olo is his screen name i'm not even sure i know his real name he's a home brewer um but you know i've hung out with him a few times He's from Arizona, so could probably get some recommendations from him. Yeah, also I'll, maybe I'll do a shout out on the show. Say, uh, hey, I'm going to be in Virginia. Ben Miller, does he live in Arizona or New Mexico? I want to say New Mexico. Yeah, probably. I want to say Ben from New Mexico sounds sounds right, but who knows? Who knows? That's us, you know, East Coasters being ignorant of what's New Mexico and what's Arizona. Well, I mean they're. Right next to each other, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Arizona is closer to California. Right. I know where they are, but... Well, like, here's, like, speaking of geography, I'm usually, I'm like, I can pride myself in my geographic knowledge, generally. Uh, on the way home yesterday, I threw, threw, flew, flew through Minneapolis-St. Paul's airport, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I have my connection. To be honest, I if you gave me a map of Minnesota and asked me to point where Minneapolis was... I couldn't do it. Right next I would to make, St. Paul. I would, make a, I would make a guess, and it would yeah. kind of be like, you know, if this was Minnesota, you know, it was kind of cut out here, uh-huh. right? I would say like there. I would say find a river, and it's got to be near that. <laughs> so I'm going to pull up a map now and chat for a little bit. I'm going to pull right. up a map and okay. see where it is. Um, I don't know if anybody's been watching this latest season of South Park, but it is uh, brilliant so far. It has been on fire this season. Great stuff. Just want to check that out. Um, oh, God, I had such a ridiculous, ridiculous week last week because of something that happened with this whole writing thing that I'm doing. Okay. I'll get into that later. Uh, All right. Uh, just, it, it just will make me angry. I don't want to be angry for the show. Okay, so Minneapolis is... On the east side of the state, so you know if it, you know if you take a rectangle and you cut it out where Wisconsin is, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like here, right near Wisconsin. Okay, almost here. towards the biggest part of the indent. 
Okay. People can't see what you're saying here, so that's why I was Well, that's why I said towards the biggest part of the indent, right? Okay. Yeah. So it is on a river. Yep. It's where they generally build cities. <laughs> so now I know where Minneapolis is, but there you go. You know, it it kind of hit me. I'm like in the airport, I'm like, you know what? I don't have a good idea where I am right now. I would say most of the time when I'm in someplace new, I don't have a good idea where I am. Yeah, like I said, I, I generally pride myself in my geographic uh, prowess and know and whereabouts. But yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm in Minneapolis. And I couldn't put my finger on them. I couldn't put a pin on a map right now. <laughs> other than, you know, where Minnesota was. It would be interesting... Actually, before looking at this, it would be interesting to have a non-political map of the United States and see how close I could get to Minnesota. I think I could probably get within the boundaries of Minnesota, but oh, you mean I'm not sure. Non- well, without the borders drawn. Without the borders of the states, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I th- I would hope I could get within the borders of Minnesota when putting a pin where mm-hmm. I think this place is Minnesota. But it's one of those places where I might not be able to get it. So where's Fargo? Fargo, well, I just saw that. Fargo is on the very west part of the state. And then, you know, up near North Dakota. So it's... Well, it's in North Dakota. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I knew that. It, it's, the, it's the series. It messes with your head because the series takes place yeah. in Minnesota. Well, it's it's that, but it was, we were talking about Minnesota and you asked the question, so mm-hmm. you kind of twisted it, you know. In my mind, it got twisted, you know. I am just... I am, You're deviant. I am just a motherfucker. All right. So I guess you want to drink beer. You close your laptop up. Yeah, I mean, I just... Okay. You know, I didn't have anything to to look at, really. I didn't have all this stuff here. What about this uh, this 5K Apple screen? Uh, don't you, know. You don't... You haven't seen anything about this? Did you see the new, the, the new Apple... No. Oh, then never mind, because I don't want to get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just Apple... They, they were the releasing... only thing I know about this new stuff they released is that they didn't bump the memory in the Mac Mini, and the RAM soldered into it now. So you can't get... They're doing with the Mac Mini what they did with the iPhone 6, which is lots of people would buy the 32 gigabyte version of the iPhone 6 if they made it. Mm-hmm. But they're forcing you to take something less than what you want, or pay a premium, right? They're doing the same thing with the Mac Mini, where they're making it the low end of the market and not reaching into the middle there. So you are more likely to buy a more powerful iMac or a Mac Pro or something instead of the Mac Mini. You know, they're kind of keeping it out of the the low mid market of their thing intentionally, just like how they're keeping the cheapest iPhone or a lower tier priced iPhone out of something that would be acceptable for someone like me, right? I could survive with 30. I could I could be perfectly happy with 32 gigabytes of space for the next three years. Um, I can't do that with 16 gigabytes, right? Mm-hmm. So they're making me buy the 64. It was tricky, yeah. But, but yeah. They, they're releasing a uh, iMac, a Retina iMac with a 27-inch 5K screen. Okay. So this has a whole lot of pixels. So 67% more area than a 4K screen. I mean, it's big and right. it's, you know, beautiful. Sure. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, the first thing I was thinking was, wait a minute, you're really putting this on an iMac? Why aren't you making a cinema display for this? Because that's what people want. Uh, and the, so the answers came through that, well, they had to make a whole new, because it's so much data, it's like 28 gigabits per second. Oh, they can't do it over Thunderbolt? Yeah, they, it would need to be Thunderbolt 3. And no, they had to make their own sort of video interface because no, no video card can do it yet. So they had to, they had to integrate it all into the yeah. iMac. Yeah. So, so what that, see, the interesting thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful. I've seen. Pretty, so the Mac Pro can't do it even? No. I'm sure it's beautiful, but you're not going to be editing 4K video on an iMac. It's just not powerful enough. Not even the top end one? I mean, I haven't looked at the specs. I would figure the top end one could probably get you there. I mean, it's not going to be what the pros want, yeah. but it's probably capable. It, it, it's probably capable, but it's not going to be. And they're know. not going to be doing 5K video anyway. They're going to be doing 4K video. Right, but see, still 4K yeah. is, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just seems like, yeah, I heard that too. A little bit of a buzz from our, from our sound. Anyway, um, it the implication I get from this is that this is really a uh, a test make of this technology. They're putting it into an iMac because it's a lot easier for them to put this stuff out right now, mm-hmm. uh, and you know get get the process down for making it. And then in a year or two, they'll they'll throw it in the cinema displays when Thunderbolt three is out. Yeah, probably makes sense. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look at the bandwidth to draw the screen, right? Yeah, six percent. 68 frames a second, 5,000 lines of resolution. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> sure it looks good. I'm sure it looks amazing. But. That's what they need to put in your Oculus. Yes. Oh, God, that'd be so cool. That would be so cool. Was able to get Oculus working on uh, Damien's MacBook Pro, or Mac Pro at home. Okay. So it definitely works on Macs. It's just... I couldn't get it to work on the uh, on okay. that on, on the what is this thing <laughs> MacBook Air MacBook Air <laughs> I think we need to drink some beers it's been so too, too long alright <laughs>